Hi, folks. Welcome back. This is Mike Callahan uh, with I Inc. and Beyond. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Jeff Devereaux with No Veteran Left Behind for the support he continues to provide us. And I'm glad you're uh, listening to today's broadcast. Um, I've got a real interesting person in the audience, the virtual uh, studio today. I met Christine. Christine Myron is her name. I met her at a uh, virtual meeting at the uh, Dearborn Vet Center. And as soon as I heard what she had to say, it was obvious to me that I needed to get her on the, on the podcast. And even the, the people that were sitting in on the meeting were saying, yeah, yeah, we gotta get her. You, you really should have her on the podcast. So it's pretty obvious. And I'm really glad that she's agreed to take the time and, and share with us a little bit about uh, herself and her organization and some ways to reach out to them if you're interested. So. With no further ado, Christine, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you, Mike. Uh, I really appreciate being here. And um, I'm really happy to share about Blue Star Service Dogs. Um, I have a, you know, a simple background. I'm a, a clinician by training. I'm an occupational therapist. And throughout the last, uh, 20 years or so, I've been working with veterans in trying to figure out non-traditional clinical ways to help them in their transition from uh, military service to civilian life. It's a, it's a hard transition, um, transition to navigate, but uh, I figure I can help where I can help. So one of the most recent things that I've been doing is um, I got employed by um, Blue Star Service Dogs. It's a nonprofit out of Livingston County in Pinckney, Michigan. And um, what we do is that we help veterans that are diagnosed with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or traumatic brain injury. And we help them by pairing them with a trained shelter dogs that we rescue from Michigan shelters and humane societies. And we, um, we train them in our prison programs and um, one second. <laughs> uh, we train them in our prison programs and then we pair them with the veterans and continue that training together to be a service dog team. So that dog can um, learn how to help their veteran individually. Um, and one of the things I like to uh, share with people about our training and service dog etiquette and laws um, that, that's, that more people need to know. And it's one of my passions to share it with the community because any educated community and what service dogs are and why you can't pet the dog, it's, it's an easier community for our veterans to transition into. Um, a lot of our veterans um, isolate uh, with PTSD because they have a hard time uh, managing crowds and uh, situations independently in the community. Uh, our biggest goal is to increase that independence and try to have the dog do tasks to help them um, increase their independence and do the goals that they wanna do, whether uh, they wanna be a good parent um, a mom or dad might want to go to a soccer game of one of their children and they've had a hard time doing that and now they can do it with a dog by their side um, that they trust. So some of the um, tasks that we train our dogs to do um, help with not only 
um, easing the mind of certain things that might trigger an anxiety attack or um, a flashback or things like that. They also do things for the physically um, impairments of, of veterans. It seems like every veteran I meet has a hip issue or a knee issue or a back issue just from the severe um, turmoil that they do to their bodies during combat deployment. So we're always working on that. So um, I like to talk about the things that our dogs do because a lot of people, when they think about a service dog, they think about um, that it supports them emotionally, that there's somebody to be there as a companion and a buddy. And that's just the very superficial part of a, a service dog. Of course, dogs are wonderful companions, but the tasks that we train our dogs to do can alleviate some of the anxieties of community integration. So um, some of our dogs will warn, alert their veteran if somebody's coming up behind them so they're not startled and that won't create um, some kind of anxiety attack. They can also give them space. So if somebody's approaching and maybe, you know, coming in too hot and, and that they're gonna be too close, a close talker or something like that, the dog can, um, you know, get in the way and give them a little more buffer that they don't feel like somebody is intruding onto their personal space. We teach our dogs to read. Um, our dogs read an exit sign and on command can pull their veteran to an exit in case an exemption, all of the wonderful physical things that they can do, they can pick things up. Some of our dogs can pick a credit card up from the floor um, and hand it to their owner. They can also open doors, turn on lights, and orient them to their surroundings. We have dogs that wake our veterans up from night terrors and nightmares and provide deep pressure therapy. So they can um, orient themselves in the middle of the night and kind of regroup and get back to sleep. Um, we can teach our dogs to be alert to the situations around them. So um, sometimes they can even uh, have, they can alert their, their veteran to take their medication on time. Um, because if you're a dog owner, you know that that dog knows when it's dinner time. And if you're five minutes late, they'll tell you about it. So um, a lot of times we can train the dog for uh, different timings of medication and to remind their veterans. So um, a service dog is an adapted piece of equipment. Um, in the VA, they're actually fall under the authority of orthotics and prosthetics. Um, they are comparative to a um, amputee's prosthetic, uh, comparative to a wheelchair or a pacemaker. So um, that's why they fall under the Americans with Disabilities Act because the, the tool that they are is so um, ingrained with the individual that as, as two individual things, like a wheelchair and a person, that's how they're independent. In the, that's why uh, service dogs are covered under Americans with Disabilities Act and they have full access to public areas that, um, that a normal person can go into. So restaurants and libraries and um, all sorts of places, grocery stores, but they also have to behave. They have to 
act accordingly and be properly trained dogs um, to be on good behavior and do their jobs in the community. One, one question so, that comes to mind is uh, when you think about all the, the variety of issues that different veterans have, do you train a specific dog for a specific situation? Do you kind of take the order and then train the dog? Or do you put them through a whole bunch of training before and then they're ready to do anything that, that comes up? How, how, did, how does that happen? Yeah, so our training program is a little more unique. What we do is we rescue our shelter dogs and we take them to our prison programs. We are partnering with two prisons in Michigan at uh, Saginaw Correctional Facility up in Freeland, Michigan. We work with the uh, incarcerated veterans unit and they house our dogs. And we're also at Lapeer uh, Thumb Correctional Facility where um, the dogs are housed there. And they live on the unit in the cells with their inmate handlers. And those handlers um, for over the past three to five years, depending on the program, um, they teach them all their basic obedience. So a dog can pass a canine good citizen ready. There's some things that they can't pass in a prison program, but um, they're ready. And then they have pre-tests. So all of the dogs, when they come out, um, they can pick things up off of the ground. They can open doors and turn off um, and on lights. So the prison really does uh, a huge wedge of the training. And then we pair it with the veteran and um, we teach the veteran how to utilize that dog now that it is very well trained. And then we um, start working on those individual tasks. So each veteran has different issues and symptoms that they want to uh, mitigate with their dog. And so we go over a list. We have an initial list of about 28, 30 items um, that the dog can be trained to do for them. And then sometimes we're always up for challenges. Sometimes the veteran will say, hey, uh, we had a veteran that um, really wanted to meet his kids at the bus stop, but because of his tinnitus, he couldn't hear the bus. So we trained the dog with, um, we have a surround sound speaker system in our training center, and we recorded his actual bus, <laughs> and we trained the dog to hear it because it could hear it from so far off. He alerted his, his veteran, and the veteran was able to meet his kids at the bus stop like a good dad. So wow, that's really cool. Challenges. So yeah. those are anything you know that the veteran comes up with and says, you know, I have this as a goal I want to do. Um, we're we're always up to train that dog to try to make that happen for them. Wonderful. It, it, so. It's just so fascinating, and I just love to listen to you because the the the, the help that it's providing is just just uh, so wonderful and i know it's very fulfilling for you too that's pretty obvious so that's great um how would people I have the goosebumps i get every i hear a veteran say um this dog saved my life i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this dog i mean it's still it still gets me every time it's really cool really neat how do, how do people contact you i guess we'll put some information out on the website I mean, on the uh, on the podcast about your website and 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 all that. Uh, so people just reach out. How how do how does somebody? What's the process that they kind of go through to to engage and yeah. And so um, definitely reach out on the website, and there's contact information. It contacts our staff. Uh, we have a pretty small staff, about six people, 
um, that are there regularly uh, doing training and pushing paperwork. <laughs> so they're able to um, get those contact information on our website, which is um, bluestarservicedogs.org. And then uh, we're also on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. So those are great places um, to get to know us. But if you're interested in finding out more if, if a service dog is the right fit for you, our application process is, um, is a little lengthy, but it's very educational. So we have on our website, we have an application request button. So in that button, um, it goes to a form. It's just a Google form that asks you if you're a veteran, um, if you're diagnosed with either PTSD or TBI, and if you're willing to come to training at our training center. And you know, those three key items really get you in and then you get a phone call. So you'll get a phone call, which is an interview on really what the more details of our training program is, the expectations that the veteran has that this dog will do, um, and really share more information about what we can and can't do for that individual. Um, if it still seems like a good fit and um, that application and interview goes to the admission committee, they can be invited in um, for an orientation. So this is still part of the admission program. And um, the, the veteran will come in and observe and maybe participate in a training session with a veteran or um, with a graduate. So some of the graduates still come in and help us with our training program and the needs of the organization. So they will come in, they'll get to know the trainers, they'll see the training, um, the location and what it's about. And then at the end of that, we finish the interview in person. And um, if it's a good fit, uh, the application is filled out and we get them um, started in the process. Once, once a veteran's accepted into the program, they, they participate with the program. They don't get a dog probably for another two to three months. So they'll start working with the trainers, learning the training techniques and the commands. Then they'll be invited into the prison to see all the dogs in training with their inmate handlers. We get to know the needs of the veteran and then the skills of what the dog can do. And we're much better equipped to make that connection, make that pairing to, to pair the right dog with the right veteran. And of course, the veteran has, you know, has to really be attracted to the dog and have sure. that bond and where they really feel like they could trust this, this animal. But the, almost every veteran that comes in the program says they trust the trainer and they know that we're going to pick the right dog for them. And I say 99% of the time, it's a perfect match. Wonderful. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's so fascinating to listen, listen to you and we could go on and on, but uh, I do want to wrap this up a little bit. Any um, any final recommendations that you might have for uh, people, veterans in general, or specifically with regard to anyone that could use your services, but any final thoughts that you have? I always talk to the veteran and ask them to, to speak with their treatment provider. So their psychologist or their psychiatrist or you know their general practitioner, their physician, to see if they think also 
that a service dog will be the right tool for them to um, meet some of the goals that they have in treatment. Uh, we're just a piece of the pie. We're not a standalone treatment program. Service dogs, they, they help like a crutch or a wheelchair and that it's only part of, um, of really gaining their independence back. So talking to their provider and knowing that that could be um, a tool that they, they choose, that's what I, I recommend everybody to start doing. Um, we're trying to get out there to answer questions and at local uh, veteran service organizations. So at your DAV, at your American Legion, at your uh, VFW halls. So we're trying to make sure those resources are out and just answer those questions to see if it's the right, right tool for, for that veteran. Okay. Well, listen, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm really glad you agreed to come on the podcast. Um, it's, I, it's just fascinating. And, and I can just see the dog doing things and helping the vet in so many different ways as you describe it. So it's, it's really, really a, a wonderful program that you're, that you're working with. So again, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for what you're doing and uh, take care of yourself. Be safe. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Bye.